Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. More than 30 years ago, the U.S. passed the Americans with Disabilities Act, changing the lives of millions of people with disabilities. One of the key elements of the ADA was to ban disability discrimination when it came to state and local services, accommodations, and employment. But when it comes to finding a job, people with disabilities are still facing barriers, from that first application to interviewing, and if they get the job, barriers in getting appropriate workplace accommodations. But people with disabilities are not alone. Organizations in Chicago are making sure that jobs remain accessible for all employees. For a better look into this fight, we're turning to a panel of disability advocates. Daisy Felt is vice president of Access Living. Jamie Sandberg is the assistant director of the Duman Opportunity Center at the Jewish Child and Family Services. And rounding out the panel is Emily Blum, the executive director of Disability Lead. Disabled can mean a lot of things. I wanted to start out by asking you who can be considered disabled or someone with a disability. Emily? Sure. You know, so a person with a disability is somebody who has a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activity. That is how the Americans with Disabilities Act defines it. Although I would say that there is a lot of gatekeeping around who gets to be defined as disabled. And so for my organization, we want that to be as broad as possible. And so we um, say somebody who has a visible, invisible, or acquired disability is a person with a disability. Now, uh, like Daisy, do we know if that includes people who are are, um, uh, special needs? So special needs is often a term used um, to kind of encompass disability, but we really uh, promote and want people to use the term disability Mm -hmm. as it relates to all aspects of life. All right. All right. Okay. Um, well, like, does, does a disability have to be permanent or can it be short term? It can certainly be short term. It doesn't um, matter how long that disability is in place. Some people may acquire it later on in life. Some people may be born with a disability. Um, a disability may come after cancer treatment or during times of chemotherapy. Um, it When we talk about the ADA and employment sides of it, the ADA is a little bit gray. So an employer can look at um, the ADA and define it somewhat how they want to define it and determine if a person would qualify for um, accommodations um, under their circumstances. All right. Now, we know that employment process has a huge timeline from initially applying to interviewing and, and setting on an offer. Emily, where can people with disabilities start to experience discrimination? Um, you know, right from the application process, so many employers, as they are putting out um, job listings, have things like must uh, be able to lift boxes of 30 pounds plus. I've have had many jobs. I've never been required to um, uh, lift a box that weighs more than 30 pounds, yet I have absolutely applied for jobs that have had that requirement in them. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of uh, um, 
whether they are real or not real, there are a lot of overt uh, signals that people with disabilities receive from that early application process that signals to them um, this uh, place of employment is either um, uh, receptive or not receptive to people with disabilities. Now, Emily, what does that look like? Can you provide sort of an example of sort of when that discrimination is starting? Um, You know, I think it it happens, uh, you know, accommodations are um, something that people with disabilities uh, need to perform jobs. They can also be something that they need to um, participate in the interview process. And so even uh, requesting accommodations in that interview process, um, you know, I think employees or prospective employees can identify that places um, are either going to be accommodating or not accommodating for them um, just from that early, those early touch points. Now, you all work for different organizations that are actively working with people one-on-one or with employers. Why don't we first go around the table and and tell us exactly what you do in Chicago. Let's start with uh, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. So I work with JCFS Chicago. We are a large social service agency that works with um, individuals from all walks of life. We focus on social and emotional well-being for adults, children, teens, and families, as well as a specific um, focus on maximizing potential for individuals with um, intellectual and developmental disabilities. I work in a department called the Duman Opportunity Center and am the assistant director over our youth and adult programs, helping individuals who are 16 years and older um, who have a disability and are looking for employment. So we do everything from job readiness skills mm-hmm. training and career exploration to job placement assistance and retention services like job coaching. Uh, Daisy with Access Living. Yeah, so Access Living is a disability rights organization staffed and led by disabled people. We offer services and advocacy that help people with disabilities live the kind of lives we want to live in the community in a variety of different areas. In the area of employment, our focus is kind of twofold. On the one hand, we are helping companies uh, learn how to include people with disabilities in their employment practices, making Mm -hmm. sure disability is part of their overall Uh, DEI work. We're also uh, addressing systemic barriers people with disabilities have to employment, um, such as in Illinois, it's still legal in certain circumstances to pay people with disabilities sub-minimum wage. So um, we've been working on a bill in Springfield to change that and make that illegal. Emily Blum with Disability Lead. A Disability Lead is an organization that develops and connects leaders with disabilities to civic and professional opportunities. Um, we are disabled-led. Um, uh, we have more than 200 members, all of whom um, are proudly leading with their disability identity in the workplace and in other spaces. Um, and so we really think about our organization um, one, as a leadership development organization, but also as a, one of culture change. And how are we changing the, the, the conversations and attitudes that people are having around disability? Now, Jamie, you work with a lot of people who are already uh, working. When somebody does get the job, when, when does the conversation start about happening about accommodations and who is that with? So it depends on the individual. A lot of the individuals we work with may have um, a need for accommodations even before the job starts. So we may be in conversations with the employers before even applying to the job, but we help with accommodations um, applying 
interviewing and starting and retaining that job. The conversations with the employers can happen through us, but we really want the individual that we're working with to learn those advocacy skills because they are the experts. They're the ones that have the disability and are doing the job. So they really know what they need, and we try to promote that self-advocacy as much as possible. You know, they talk about this term, reasonable accommodations. Mm-hmm. What What is What is reasonable accommodation? A reasonable accommodation is something that is going to help the individual with a disability perform the essential functions of that job. It does not mean taking away an essential job function, although some employers are willing to do that, whereas others aren't. So when I was talking about the ADA is a little Mm -hmm. bit gray, that's what I was referring to. So Mm -hmm. sometimes they can take things out, and that's great, and sometimes they can't because it is a requirement of that job. Um, But we are um, happy to talk about ADA and perform um, different trainings and different education um, opportunities for the employers to learn a little bit more about what reasonable accommodations are. I'd just like to add um, that uh, most accommodations cost, I think the average cost is $300 per per employee, which is over the lifetime of employee, incredibly minimal expense. And so I think, you know, many employers, when they hear the word accommodations, they think it's going to be expensive. They think it's going to be costly. In fact, so many accommodations are free, including like being flexible at the workplace, um, remote work. Um, Some of these are ones that we've learned (laughs) a lot about in the Mm -hmm. past couple of years and have really, um, everybody's benefited from from the ability to do that. Now, as we mentioned, the ADA makes it illegal to discriminate on the basis of disability. Daisy, can you tell us more why it still happens? I think a lot of employers still have misperceptions about what people with disabilities are capable of. Um, so they they make assumptions about what disability people with disabilities can and can't do. Um, they might be, you know, afraid to hire somebody with a disability. Another um, issue we see is a lot of companies are thinking about disability only as it relates to the human resources function rather than really making it a part of everybody's job in a company, especially who has a management role, to make sure that uh, they're thinking about how to include people with disabilities. And one of the things, um, you know, we really see is that if, if employers are willing to just be creative, open, and flexible, there's many, many uh, ways people with disabilities can be accommodated in the workplace. Now, in terms of the law, Daisy, what rights do workers with disabilities have in the workplace? So they have a right to have a reasonable accommodation at any point in the job process. They have a right to not be discriminated against and to have the same resources and opportunities that any person who doesn't have a disability has in that workplace. Well, let's take a step back for a moment and break down the numbers. Emily, can you talk about the disabled employment nationally? Yes. So um, as of October 2022, um, the labor force participation rate for disabled adults was 38.7% versus 77% uh, for non-disabled adults. And do we see sort of variations when it comes to age or gender or race? Can you describe that a little bit more? Um, certainly. I mean, I think the, the disparity among races is incredibly stark. So in 2021, the jobless rates for black disabled adults was 15.1 percent and Hispanic was 13.3 um, uh, percent. 
you know, whereas the jobless rates for white disabled adults averaged around 9.3. So there is an incredible disparity among um, people of color and, and, and white dis- disabled people. Emily, let's stick with you for a moment. We're in the age of hybrid and remote work. Uh, is it a lot more common for folks now uh, to have partially or even fully remote jobs? And are there unexpected advantages for employees with disabilities from this? You know, I, I think we are seeing a lot more uh, remote and, and hybrid work. Um, and, and I think that's reflected in some of the employment numbers we've seen. Um, so um, uh, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, th- people with disabilities are, are being hired at higher rates um, than, they, than we've seen before. Um, and I think th- there's just been some, you know, anecdotal studies that show that um, disabled workers aren't participating in the Great Resignation, um, something that we've all been hearing and talking about at the same rates as non-disabled employees. And I think that is because um, employers are being more open to uh, remote work, flexible work. Um, In fact, a a small study found that 77% of disabled workers felt their workplace has done a better job supporting them since the pandemic. Now, Daisy and Jamie, you both work closely with people throughout their employment journey. What is something employers do that make people you work with want to stay? And we'll start with you, Jamie. Yeah, that is a really good question. I would say that, um, you know, why do any of us want to stay in a job? It's usually, well, one, we want the income, we want to work, but also we want to feel included in the workplace. So having somewhere that's inclusive and welcoming and friendly always makes a big difference in everybody's day. So I would say that stays true, whether you have a disability or not. Um, You know, individuals who have disabilities may have some additional, or definitely do have some additional barriers. And workplaces that are accommodating and um, inclusive for that make a very big difference. Yeah. um, Emily? Uh, Daisy? Yeah. Um, So, you know, I would answer it in a similar way to, Jamie, that people with disabilities want to work at places that match our interests and expertise, just like non-disabled people. Um, And we want to be able to bring our whole selves to the workplace, and that often includes our disabilities. We want, um, you know, so employers who focus on inclusion of disabled people and make sure, like I was saying, all levels of management understand its importance, um, that's where people with disabilities are going to want to stay. You know, most of us have uh, a dis- will have a disability in our lifetime. I'm wondering, what do you think the state can be doing to protect workers with disabilities? Uh, well, um, you know, making sure that uh, the the state of Illinois um, is, uh, you know, promoting the importance of hiring people with disabilities. Um, making sure that they're seeing disability as an important part of the workforce. Um, you know, the state can definitely be a leader in those ways. And I also mentioned before that um, Access Living, is, as well as others, are working on a bill to fight the fact that it's still legal to pay people with disabilities sub-minimum wage. And so we really need to see that bill passed in Illinois. You know, beyond what employers legally have to do, what are your recommendations about how they can improve their workplaces to be more inclusive and accessible? Um, How about you, Emily? Well, 
disability needs to be part of overall diversity goals. As organizations are thinking about the importance of diversity in the workplace, if disability isn't part of that conversation, then they're really missing out. Um, we, we'd like to see uh, people with disabilities in leadership um, roles. So disabled people are vastly underrepresented um, in professional and civic uh, leadership roles. And um, we, we really want organizations to think about their board structure, their senior leadership tables to be inclusive disability. Well, that was Daisy Felt, uh, the Vice President of Access Living, Jamie Sandberg, Assistant Director of the Duman Opportunity Center at the Jewish Center for Family Services, and Emily Blum, uh, the Executive Director of Disability Lead. Thank you for all of you for joining us today on Reset. Thank you. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Nadia Hernandez. It was edited by Meha Ahmad and Ethan Schwab. Stay up to date on the latest news in your region from politics to culture by making this podcast part of your daily media diet. Subscribe and take Reset on the go with you throughout the day. I'm Michael Puente. Thanks for listening and let's talk again soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.